Code Pen Radio. Hello, Code Pen Radio, number 325. We're going to talk about a little release we had that's pretty cool. We decided that, you know, we were working on it kind of for a future release thing. And we're like, you know what? Why does it have to be a future release? Let's just pick it up and release it right now, uh, which was kind of a satisfying thing to do. Uh, you'll see it if you're ever on a pen on CodePen, which is, are things that can be embedded, which is a classic important thing on CodePen. In fact, the original creation of CodePen was designed around the idea that you could build things on CodePen and then put them elsewhere. Notably, on my site, CSS Tricks. I always think embeds are important. Um, okay, so you build a pen, you open up a modal that helps you embed it. So it says, here's a bunch of options that you might want to set. Here's some code you copy and paste. You put that on a third-party site, and the embed shows up there. Very important part of CodePen. And in fact, we get it as much, last time we measured, we get about as much traffic from that as those sprinkled around the internet as we do the CodePen app itself. So kind of a big deal. Uh, Steven worked on this with me a bunch and did probably most of the work as usual. Hey, Steven. <laughs> Hello. Hey, so the modal was the project. And this is one of those projects where it literally was exactly what we set out to do. This wasn't like a side effect of some other project, really. It was kind of like, whoa, this new, this looks good. We should do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of little, little cleanup opportunities. This was one of the oldest remaining code areas on the, on the site. I don't think we really touched it much uh, since no. kind of the last feature yeah, it's of... part of the pen editor. So the, in the pen editor is still to this day, uh, kind of server side rendered Ruby on Rails stuff, some jQuery for some of the JavaScript functionality. And of course, we're working on that. But you can imagine how important the editor is on CodePen. So our plans and dreams and efforts for there are highly focused there. Um, but it's not something we, you know, we're just going to, we pluck out little features of it. And except for in this case, we have, you know, what's funny about the, the editor though, is that the header, the little strip you see at the top and the footer, the little strip you see at the bottom are in React because those things had some componentry we wanted to use in React and just some, you know, get the design system in line. There was other reasons to, I can't even remember them all at this point, but it's then it's just that chunk in the middle that isn't. Uh, and server-side rendering is sure a part of it. But guess what else wasn't that particular modal? So you'd click the word embed, a modal would come up and it would have stuff in it um, that would help you embed the pen, like I just described. But that stuff was still like Rails ERB stuff, right? Yeah, it, it was either rendered in an iframe or uh, like pulled in, like the, the Rails template was pulled in and injected into the DOM. I think it was jQuery. that. And then and then it was so old. And I think this was like a clever pattern at its time, or at least a signal of the time, that it would also asynchronously load the JavaScript and the CSS that styled said modal. And I think we did that so scatteredly in the app. And it was only like, because we're like, we care about performance. Why would we load that little bit of JavaScript when we don't need to, when some users never click that button? So why would they inflict the charge of, of loading that JavaScript? But in reality, 
that's a little chunk of technical debt that's a little bit more complicated than just asynchronously loading because you have to think about conflicts and all kinds of stuff. And it's probably like 0.05% of the bundle. So <laughs> there's sometimes there's trade-offs where I don't remember if that made it all the way till the end there. At some point, sometimes we I, I, I've recalled where we were like, you know what, let's just rip that out, put it in the global and and not have to deal with the weird async loading stuff. Yeah. Well, with our with our React setup, it's so much easier to to do like kind of split module loading um, for for individual components. So like our assets modal, that doesn't actually load unless you click it and and try to bring it up because that does have a decent amount of JavaScript involved for like our upload script and and you know all the all the little like asset the free design assets uh, get get loaded as well. Yeah, so, there's some fonts that load that it wouldn't otherwise need to. Right. So so that is still makes sense to do in like a split kind of way so that it's not affecting mm-hmm. the main page load or the main bundle. Uh, but it's so much easier to do now, and you don't have to yeah. manage it in like this a is not way. lazy loaded. The new I, why would it? I guess it's such there's so little to it because the, yeah. what there's an embed like you literally see an embedded pen in there, and that does have some weight to it because it's not not just one but two iframes. We always do two just because we love iframes. That won't load because it's not even in the DOM yet, so it's not like you're incurring the cost of the iframe. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's fine probably to not lazy load. Uh, okay, so it's new and it's React powered and it's and it uses our design system. That was probably the biggest push for me is that now when you click this button, if you're not surprised by what you see, good because it just looks like the rest of Code Pen does. It uses our real design system library, whereas the old thing didn't. We could have forced it to maybe somehow, but we don't. We don't have a real like a our design system for Rails was class names. <laughs> you yeah. use the class and then you get the thing which, you know, served us fine for a long time. But the new one really uses, you know, our button component and our our brand spanking new tabs component and our dragger component. We Maybe we can get into those. But you open it up and, and hopefully, you know, it's not like we're just like, let's just replace it one for one with design patterns. Every time we touch UI like this, you know, it comes from Claire. It comes from, let me rethink the user experience of this to some degree and improve it. And boy, when I open that thing now, because I rem- I remember, of course, exactly what the old one looks like, didn't you? With those pastel, the little pastel top. Yeah, it, it was kind of a throwback to like 20, 2014 code pen. Yeah, I'd say. The funny thing is, I remember, I don't remember what it looked like before that one. And I did go searching through our Dropbox to see if I could find some sketch <laughs> files or or Photoshop files or something. Um, I probably could find something if I dug long enough, but I was like, yeah, but I remember when we launched the design before this one, how pleased I was with it. So, so that was, a certainly a big upgrade at one point, which that's just the circle of, of life, isn't it? Someday we'll replace this modal again. And we'll be like, man, that old one sucked. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. That one just didn't look like anything else on code pen, but what was notable about it is that the UX was was actually thought about. It was like, do you want to make the thing editable? Do you want it to click on load? These are features of embeds. Editable means that you're going to incur more weight on your page, but it's going to have a live code editor in it. Cool feature, right? We should just ask you if you want that feature or not. I believe that the one before this, it was kind of like, oh, you want that feature? Change an attribute in your HTML and then you'll have it. You know, like what? That's not yeah. 
that's not a feature. Yeah, the the whole point of this embed modal is to like give you the code you. to make an embed. Yeah. So if if we're not kind of giving you those those options in an easy way for that most users are going to want to want. Yeah, then it should just open up a text area or just yeah. click some code. Yeah. Yeah, the whole point of this is customize what you're about to put on your site. But also with a little heaping helping of stay out of my way too. Because if you get this configured just right, you should just be able to pop it up, copy the code, get out of here. So I don't want, I'm not going to force you through a wizard, you know, (laughs) you know, not going to force you to answer any questions. It's just a little customization work. So this episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you in part by Clubhouse. That's clubhouse.io, the coolest TLD out there. Have you ever been really happy with your project management tool? Most are either too simple for a growing engineering team to manage everything or too complex for anyone to want to use without constant prodding. Clubhouse is different, though, because it's worse. Wait, uh, no, I mean better. It's better. (laughs) Clubhouse is a project management built specifically for software teams, and it's fast, intuitive, flexible, powerful, and many other Nice, positive adjectives. Let's look at some of the highlights. Team-based workflows, so individual teams can use Clubhouse's default workflows or customize them to match the way that they work. Org-wide goals and roadmaps. These, uh, the work in these workflows is automatically tied to a larger company goal, so it takes one click to move uh, from a roadmap to a team's work to individual updates, vice versa. Tight VCS integration. So whether you use GitHub or GitLab or Bitbucket, Clubhouse ties directly to them. So you can update progress from the command line. There's a keyboard-friendly interface. So the rest of Clubhouse is just as keyboard-friendly uh, with their power bar, allowing you to do virtually anything without even touching your mouse. Throw that thing in the trash iterations planning, set weekly priorities, and then let Clubhouse run the schedule for you with accompanying burndown charts and other reporting. Give it a try at clubhouse.io slash codepen. Again, that's clubhouse.io slash codepen. Clubhouse, because you shouldn't have to project manage your project management. One of, one of the things that we, as we were building it out, we got into was, should we save the settings? Um, because, oh, yeah. you know, by default, using like React use state and all that, like it, it's not going to be persistent across sessions. It's, you know, once you close out the modal, it may not even be persistent. Um, right. So we, we debated back and forth. Well, a lot of times when you're embedding pins, like you're getting multiple pins, you're kind of selecting some of the same settings, you want the same theme you want the same like click to load or whatever exactly so we did bake in uh some local storage uh for those settings uh so that you know at least in the same browser you'll get the same settings as you go between multiple pins um and that kind of thing you also may never even notice but i my guess is that you would notice and be annoyed if we didn't do it (laughs) that if you're like i need five of these for a blog post and i need to select the same theme for all five and every time you open the modal you had to use the drop down to select the right theme you'd be like man this is rote repetitive toil you know yeah. and, and why do that now you know steven what'd you do you json stringified some 
an object of state and you just yank it back out of local storage. And check yeah, it back in so state. each of those little embed options, the default tabs, the theme, click to load, embed, uh, yeah. editable, um, those, are all, those are all just a property of an object um, that's saved with use state. And then um, I think there's like a use effect. So whenever that changes, it writes it to, to local storage uh, with JSON Stringify mm. and then on the initial load, it it kind of merges whatever's in there with like the default default state. Um, yeah, so that yeah, it persists. That just feels like really first class citizen React use state stuff. That actually feels like modern JavaScript has really got our back on that one. I think that would have been a pain in the butt before with weird helper methods and I don't know how do we control the states and comparing states and I don't know. It, it feels like. That could have been a lot messier than it really was, especially when you even, I think you even took the extra time to, if you change team contexts, it saves a different piece of local storage so that they don't overlap so that, you know, that's just, I think that's important probably that you might be in a different like mental mind state when you're working under your team than your personal context. Yeah. Well, your team themes are different anyway. So uh, yeah, being able true. to just save that per team, uh, per context right. is, is helpful. And then there's some other choices, like it doesn't save height because height feels like it's so specific to one individual pen that we're like, nah, let's just default to a spot. Not to mention you could get in some weird bogus state where it's like was way too high of a number. And I don't, I don't know, it just seemed like that kind of thing. So it's funny where like UX and code collide there i mean i guess it always does but that was just there was just some very specific ux choices we made with it uh, one of my favorites was that in the old design this isn't a new feature we supported this before the idea was you pick which tabs you want open when the embed loads which can be important if you're trying to showcase some css and what it does you want the css tab to be open not the html tab which has like one div in it or something like that that, can you imagine that use case? Well, of course you want the CSS tab to be open, but the way we did it in the old modal was like, what? <laughs> it was very weird. For one thing, we didn't use the real embed. We faked it with a whole different replica fake embed, which was a whole bunch of extra code. And the whole reason we did that is so that, well, at least uh, as I can recall, is that so we could like tap into the click events on it and so the point was that you'd click the CSS tab, which didn't really indicate to you particularly well that that was changing what the default embeds were going to be below, but that's what it did. And that was the only way to do it other than hand manipulating the code. And then that would be the default tab. And it was so, un it was so weird that we got to rip all that out and then just put in, guess what? Like a pillbox. I don't know what we call that component, a multi-button maybe. <laughs> uh, it's button like group. A button group. Yeah, you just pick from the button group which one you want to be the default tab. And it's just, to me, it's just a hundred times more clear how it works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was brand new. I don't even, and that kind of came up as we worked on it. I don't even think that was in the original mock-up. That was like, this, this would be Right. Cool. Yeah. That, as, as you get into it, you remember all the, all the uh, sketchy stuff that was done in the original. And uh mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was definitely satisfying to be able to drop the recreation of the embed and just use the actual embed. So like you can right. see exactly what your settings are affecting and, and how the embed is going to render on your page. 
yeah, like that's not fake at all. So it even helps us be like honest about what's what's actually going on. Very, very cool in that way. We had that same, I don't know, epiphany. It was probably yours at some point where we, in, in details view, we used to fake, or I think in details view only used to show the output. Like there was, you couldn't see the code at all. Remember that in the yeah. old school details view? And then at some point we're like, why don't we just use an embed there? Because then we can still default to showing you the output. But if you want to see the code, you can. Yeah. It was like a reuse of of embed view that was very satisfying. And then and then details view became the pop-out preview. Mm-hmm. So it's like we use embeds all over our own site because they are already good UX, you know? That means that if we want to improve it because we want to make CodePen better, you benefit from that, you know? That's pretty rad. So yeah, I don't really remember what the super old school design was, but in in that intermediary one with the pastel boxes on the top, that was when we launched the idea that you could drag to resize how tall you want the embed to be which I, I just still just really love as a feature, you know? It's one of those things where you really want to... Any embed that doesn't offer that, you just feel like, you know, how do you know how tall I want this thing to be? You know? Yeah, especially when you're showcasing like one one specific bit of code, like you've got the CSS tab selected or the JavaScript tab selected, and like the very first thing in that is kind of the technique you're showing off or like the most important bit. If, yeah. you know, you're only showing eight lines of that because that's how tall the default embeds are. Well, that doesn't necessarily showcase what you want. So just being able to make that a little bit bigger and your, your embed code down there reflects that and works across, across totally different types. Or like you show like a card and just eight pixels of it. It's too short. So you get a scroll bar, Mm. get out of here. I don't want a scroll bar. No, thank you. Yeah, so that's just a cool feature. And yeah, I remember even then at the time we had to architect the embed such that the design internally was able to stretch to whatever height the like the document around it was, hmm. which you know had its own tricky stuff. There's been this is this been a long journey, these embeds, I tell you what. So that's pretty cool. New design system, new no new I don't believe there's literally any new feature features like that 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 leaked their way all the way to the embeds themselves. This is was pretty isolated to just the modal itself. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we didn't touch the the actual embeds and there's not really anything other than Yeah, I don't I don't think there was anything that was hidden before that you couldn't really access in the embed modal. We just kind of cleaned a lot of that up. No, I bet there are. I mean, as far as embeds go, I think there are some, there might be an attribute or two that is just in the documentation isn't here just because they're so esoteric, but I can't remember what they would be anymore. The The zoom level was a zoom recent level. one you added. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's not in there. That You'd only use that if you, you know, if you don't like that it starts at 1% zoom and wanted to start it at 0.5%. It was kind of an accessibility concern that got brought up and we're like, fine, we'll support it. You know, like it's, it's kind of in the embeds anyway. So like to just suck out an attribute and default it to a different default is like, no, wasn't that particularly difficult, but is so uncommon of a need that I don't know that we'd like build special controls for it just in this modal, you know? Just a documentation thing. 
So this new thing uses so many of our design pattern libraries. First of all, it's the modal pattern, which is what V5 of our, <laughs> how you do, we do modals on, on, on CodePen, mm -hmm. even of just the React ones. It took us a long time to get that right. Uh, right. I was going to say, is that including jQuery? Because I, I think no. that number is way higher. Mm. Yeah. But I think this one is cool now. Like, I don't even really get how it works, but I know how it, um, well, it's portals for one thing in React, right? Pretty yeah. sure they're portals. Well, uh, and, not, not technically portals i think we did this uh we we set up like the basic structure for our uh pop-ups um if you will in uh uh with just like a dom element that gets appended and then react dom mounts like this container to that um so it, it's kind of a weird setup but it's essentially portals uh so that like you have mm -hmm. a modal component in like your react dom tree your virtual dom tree but it's actually appearing at the very end of the literal browser DOM so that for Z index reasons and like positioning and all that, like we can get the modals where they need to be. Yeah. There's something that uses real portals in our code base, but maybe it's not this. I just saw it the other day. Yeah. But the, it, there's also like a hook that manages like the state of them that you tap into. So if there's multiple modals, it knows how to like orchestrate them and stuff. It's pretty satisfying to use from an API perspective. You're just like, use modal. Okay, there it is. And you just, you give it whatever the hell HTML you want or basically, but there's a couple of different modal patterns that kind of provide the frame around the modal. Um, and even that's customizable, but uh, it feels pretty satisfying to use. You know, yeah. just like close modal, open modal. Yeah, we've gone we've gone through so much of those to try and simplify the patterns and and unify things as as much as possible. Yeah. Right right now I most most everything is now using the the correct patterns. Um there there's really only like two variants, the like editable modal where you're like filling out a form or like doing something like that. There's some kind of action that you're taking versus like a warning, uh, like an alert kind of dialogue, like there was an error. Which even this embed one is like that, because you're not really saving anything. You're just It just opens up like, FYI, here's your stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. It doesn't, I think this one uses the modal uh, alert pattern. No, it, it's using the, it's using the edit um, one, but they're both technically using the same, the same thing under the hood. It's just the, mm -hmm alert pattern is is a little more uh, specified to just yeah. be. Yeah, I always think of the edit similar. one as it has that footer that has basically a save button in it. So maybe we just used it, but we ripped that out or something. Yeah, the, the footer is just optional if you if you added it, oh, it appears in the right place. Yeah, when when there's like a main action for the modal, um, that that's what that footer is is good for. Like our, like our asset editor, that, that's a good example of them. Or the create collection. Yeah, yeah create collection you uh there's a big save button at the bottom oh that's beautiful but th that one has like a public private toggle in it meaning that mm -hmm. we made it really customizable what you want to put in that action area but that's a design system at its best it's flexible but it enforces this thing like if you use this it's going to feel comfortable in this app because so many other things use it too you know design patterns are kind of like help teach a user how this site works um, that's cool. That's the modal pattern. Of course, buttons are all over the thing. We use the embed in there. Not that that's the design pattern, but it kind of is. 
And then it might be the first occurrence of our new info box pattern, which yeah. we use heavily in some internal stuff and some not yet released stuff. But the idea is we used to have these little eye things. Uh, uh, the question well, marks before is what they Question marks, be. yeah. And you could click them and it would pop up a tool tip on top of it, which I think we still have that as a pattern. And I think that's fine. You know, like yeah. sometimes you just have no space at all and you do it. These are similar to the question mark, only when you click it, you don't get a pop-up. It just expands inside the box you're already in with some more information, which I feel like is pretty satisfying. And we've done some user testing where they're like, oh, that was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah, that's, that, a that's a That's a whole little uh, pattern. There's the info box um, is, is, yep. what we, is what we established that as. And we used a brand new, uh, new to us at least, uh, React pattern. Uh, well, Compound components, I, I think, is, is, is the proper was, name. Was it a Kent Dodds uh, thing? I think. It was. Yeah, I think I think that's where it started. Um, but it's it's a nice a nice little pattern using um, use use context to kind of uh, encapsulate the state for for like a set of components that are related. Um, so they're all kind of in the same DOM tree, and and it um, it helps you to have like some flexibility, like where you want. The little info icon located, um, and like where you want the uh, information that pops up to appear. Um, like, should it be before or after the the inputs or uh, or the title? And and right. it, it gives like a lot of good case, flexibility there. The box has like an H four in it or something, and I could see that little I button. Like, oh, I want it on the top right, or mm -hmm. I want it actually at the end of the paragraph or something. Um. Yeah, and in this case, it's just super flexible. One of the things I like about it is that the, it's basically a gray box, and then you know, right? And you don't so you don't have you, to use all the all the rest of it, but uh, at right, its simplest, you it's just to, you a little container. Um. Yeah, and so we had identified two other components <laughs> throughout, you know, both released and unreleased stuff that was a gray box, and we ripped them all out, and we made them use info box, and that type of work to me is just, I don't know why, it just gives me incredible satisfaction to know that this stuff can all evolve together. You know, early on in our, like, let's, even in the, like, maybe we should try to use React kind of world, we're like, this is going to be a huge upfront investment, and theoretically, we'll move fast at the end of it. We're like, so, the needle is so far the other way now, yeah. that like, front end, we're fast. <laughs> Like we can kick out componentry like real quick. And the stuff that slows us down is like complex data needs or like refactoring a mutation or something like that stuff is just classically slow, but being able to build out UI is fast, fast, fast. Yeah. Yeah. There's a toggle component. There's, there's input components. There's the new tabs component, which is pretty fancy dancy. Well, I think we'll, we'll pause here though. And, the next time me and you get together to do one of these podcasts, we'll pick one of these design pattern libraries. That's what we've been talking about lately anyway. And is a, you know, often different, decent chunk of work because of how much success we have using them and dig into like why it exists, what the API surface is like, you know, accessibility considerations, you know, how we think about the pattern is there's some simple patterns. Even that info box one you just said would be worthy of a deeper dive than that. Yeah. And then certainly these tabs, because we're already on V2 of tabs after a, a week of usage. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot, a lot under the hood for those. Yeah, there sure is. Yeah, tabs is tab sucks, but it's no, it's <laughs> probably in the end less complicated than our button component. Never use inline flex, people. It's horrible. Uh. Just kidding. It's fine, but it's also horrible. <laughs> uh, all right, Stephen. Thanks. Yeah. Seven, six, zero, three, one, eight.